Welcome teacher sellers to the Grow with Angie and April podcast. Angie and April are two full-time teachers pay teacher sellers who chat with each other daily about their businesses. They're opening up their conversations to help you grow your teacher store. Are you ready to listen in? Here we go. Today on the podcast, we're revisiting email lists with a new perspective and new ideas. Join in on the conversation about this in our mastermind group at growwithusmastermind.com. You can find the show notes and any links we discuss at growwithuspodcast.com. Hey, Angie, how's it going? Hey, it's going pretty good over here. How are you? Good. So uh, a question for you relates to our topic today. Have you been consistent with your email list this summer? Consistent? No, but I have emailed them a few times. How about you? Has it been, hey, the TPT sales today? Well, I definitely did that, but then there was the last week email like, okay, I don't want to just send them the email about the TPT sales, so I'm going to send them at least one email before that. So So you you sent like a, hey, I swear I'm not spammy. Yeah, yeah, that's what I sent last week. I gave them something free. That's great. I have not sent any emails other than telling people 3,000 times about my training that, or all of my trainings that happen in the summer. So I'm hoping to get more consistent with it the upcoming school year. So I'm pretty excited about this topic. Me too. It's a huge goal again. I'm getting better with it, but I'm definitely not where I want to be. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there are people who are who are subscribed, who saw the word consistent and email list together and just deleted the episode. So (laughs) (laughs) not happening. Right. Like, no, no, thanks. So we're excited because we have a special guest today. We want to welcome to the show, Nikki from the Sprinkled Top Teacher. So welcome, Nikki. Thank you for joining us. Hi, how are you guys? Good. How are you? We're good. I'm good. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, we're so excited to have you and for you to make us be more consistent with our email list. You need to inspire us. <laughs> Convince us some more. Yes. I mean, we hear it everywhere, but we just need to hear it 10 more times. So yes. perfect. <laughs> so okay, let's start by having you tell us a little bit about your TPT store so we can hear a little bit about who you serve and what kind of resources you make so that we can relate the rest of the questions to that. Perfect. So I started it in September of 2015. So um, almost four years ago now, just kind of crazy. Um, And then I taught the primary grades. So most of my resources are geared towards K through three. But lately, I've kind of been focusing on creating products that reach more of like a broader audience, just because I would create something like I don't know, math problem things. And then people would be asking, well, can we get these for intermediate? And so I've been trying to think of more resources that can reach like K through six or um, like sub plans reach K through 12. And so I've been adding more of that. And actually, this is my first year taking a step back from teaching since I just moved. I thought it was a good time to jump into going full time into TPT. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah, that's so exciting and also nerve wracking. We did an episode on, I think it was called like, so you're thinking of going TPT full-time, but the topic was on full-time TPT and it is our most popular episode ever. And I think it's because people are not only really interested in the idea, but kind of terrified. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. I don't think I would have jumped in except for like going, moving across the country, like felt like a good break in teaching. Like I wouldn't have left my old school. 
except for obviously moving. So I feel like it's a good time to try it and we'll see how long I last because I love teaching. (laughs) So I want to be able to do it all. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Right. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it's, it's definitely a lot harder when you're in the classroom and you have to just decide to leave when you're not already leaving for another reason. Like that's for me, it was, I was going to obviously take maternity leave because I was pregnant. And so it was just, it was easy because I just didn't come back. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I definitely, I definitely think it's harder if you're just contemplating leaving fully for TPT. So that's definitely a hard decision, but yeah, I feel like you're going to get back in the classroom, but there's also a good possibility. You might really love doing TPT full time. Honestly, you get used to it and the freedom. Yeah. I feel like going back into the classroom would be really difficult for me right now because I get to take a bathroom break whenever I want to. I have to take an hour (laughs) lunch. I can work from Starbucks. I I feel like there are some really good benefits there. Definitely. That is what I'm most excited for. Bathroom breaks whenever I want. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And once you get used to them, there's like no going back after that. Yeah, for sure. I don't even know that my bladder's trained anymore for teaching. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, that's awesome, though. I'm really excited for you. Thank you. So, Nikki, when did you realize it was time for an email list? So, probably like you guys, you've heard it from a million people over and over again. And I was like, I don't open emails. I don't open emails. I'm not doing it. But I've listened to a lot of business podcasts from other people, especially Jenna Kutcher's Gold Digger podcast. She is always pushing email lists. And she says like the, if people are willing to give you their email, then you're, they're your people. And so that really kind of spoke to me and just knowing that I wanted something outside of Instagram and Facebook because we don't own those. And people say like, you own your email list and that's all you can really own. So that was a really big push for me. And then also like in 2018, so last year I spent the whole year creating products. I did three a month and now I feel like it was time to, it was a lot on top of teaching. That is crazy. I I can say even full time that I usually don't get more than one a month done. That's crazy. (laughs) It was a lot. But so I felt like I needed a way to push that out to the world. And so in November, I signed up for Amy Porterfield's email marketing course, just because I literally knew nothing, like didn't know even like, how do you send, where do you collect their emails? Like I knew nothing. And so I felt like it was time to invest in something that would teach me everything without taking up my time. I know you can hunt and peck and look all over the internet to find information. I didn't have time for that. (laughs) Yeah. A lot easier if you just learn it all in one spot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Those are the kind of courses I love. The ones that when you're a total beginner, you just take it and it says, okay, do this, this, and this. That's what I love about Amy Porterfield. Like you can take one of her courses and you know, she's going to tell you exactly what to do. And if you do it exactly the way she tells you, then it's going to work. Yes, definitely. And I feel like when I invest in things, I'm like, okay, I spent my money on this. I need to actually commit to it and do it. So it also is a way that it holds me accountable. Yes, 100%. I feel like sometimes I buy courses, not necessarily because I don't know the information, because a lot of time it 
times it is review, but because I know that since I spent the money, I'm going to go step by step and do everything in it. Um, and that has been really helpful for me when I need a kick in the pants. <laughs> yes, definitely. So that's really been my main focus is email lists since November of last year. That's everything I've put my time into. So I haven't created anything new this entire year. Um, besides I put out handwriting for the year, which was like so one product all of 2019. So I think people are probably listening to this going, oh my gosh, that's all she did was her email list. Because usually what happens is we're so busy that the thing we don't do is the email list. And maybe mm-hmm. we'll do it like once uh, a month or once every three months or just randomly when we are like, oh my gosh, I forgot. To, I haven't emailed people in six months. I guess I should do that. So that's really interesting to hear that that was your like main use of your time. So can you tell us what you're sending to your email list? Like what are you using most of that time for? So I call it like Sunday sunshine mail or happy mail, or basically the goal is to fight the Sunday scaries. So I feel like email lists, your email list should be, you're providing and serving your audience 90% of the time, and then you're selling 10% of the time. So um, like my entire goal is to brighten a teacher's day. I give them tips, like tell them they're valued remind them of their purpose, and then send them over a freebie. Not every email includes a freebie, but a lot of them do. And then I also will stick one part of the email will have like a promotion of something going on in my TPT business, either like a new podcast that I was on or a blog post, which is rare. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you on that one. Yeah. (laughs) And then I also will send out sale emails, but People don't open those as much. So that's why my goal is typically to send and like serve them as much as I can in those emails. So you're doing every Sunday as kind of like a newsletter where it's consistent or is that just one piece of your email marketing? Every Sunday. Um, And then the only other ones I send out are sale information. So like the day before and the day of sales. Awesome. I feel like that's making a comeback. Like before it was, oh, don't do a weekly newsletter. Nobody wants that anymore. And then we were just sending sporadic. And then I, I've i been subscribed in the last six months to a lot of weekly newsletters that I really love and I look for when they come out. So I think it's really made a comeback. Yeah, I get a lot of messages either on Instagram or just replies from email every week saying thank you so much, especially because mine focus on like increasing teacher happiness, especially a couple weeks into the year. Like when I started it in November, I think was a really good time because people are getting very tired and like anxious with report cards and data and all that kind of stuff. So I think it helps. Do you have a format for it? Like, is it, does it have different sections? Like is one section like tip and I know you said kind of describe what was in the email, but do you have a specific like template for it where you have a section that the same sections every time? Yeah. Okay. That's a good point. So I start with, you know, like a introduction and a lot of times I'll say like, what's been going on in my life, just kind of a little update, how it ties in, like maybe I'm working on something or what happened in my classroom, like when I was doing it last year. And then I have a tip of the week or a challenge of the week. And I explain why that's important. So like be silly with your kids this week. Here are some ways that you can be silly with them when you spend time laughing. So like that kind of thing. So a tip, 
And then I just say my like um, closing. And then at the end, I do a PS. And that's usually where I'll promote something that's going on in my business. So I just kind of edit it every time. Yeah, I love the idea of the PS and, you know, just kind of sprinkling in the asking for a sale or kind of promoting at the end there. But um, I love the idea of a format too, because that would probably make me be able to totally email every single time. Yes. And it helps. So I went in and made a spreadsheet. Um, I started it in January and I mapped out through the end of the school year everything that I wanted to cover in my email list, like what I was, what the topics would be. And I've adjusted it, obviously. Some things I was more inspired to write something else that week. But having it all scheduled out when I didn't have an idea, I could just pull from that. And that really helped. Yeah, that's really smart. I feel like I get really stuck on on coming up with ideas of what to send. And I've, I've really wanted to figure out a way to make it easy. It just seems like such a chore. <laughs> yeah, definitely is. It's a lot of work. And I, I've i heard to keep your email short, but mine are really long. And my audience seems to expect that and appreciate it. So I've been sticking with that, although it does make for more work for me. Yeah. But so has this has it impacted your TPT sales then? Have you seen the results from all of that hard work? Yeah. So my store has oh, it should over double, a little bit over double for um, 2019 compared to 2018. And that's with making wow. one new product. Wow. that's And that's really like the biggest change I've made since the beginning of the year. That's amazing. All right. A bunch of people just went and started setting up emails. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm done recording this episode. I'm over here scheduling some emails. Yeah, I'm, I'm emailing my list right now. Let's just, we'll just, we'll just pause. <laughs> but that that's really good to hear. I think that motivation is, is really helpful because a lot of times people aren't sure if it's going to make a difference because they're not being consistent enough to see any return. They're like, well, I sent an email and nobody bought anything, so it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I just feel like, so torn right now where to spend my time. And I really need to just focus on one thing at a time, kind of like you did. And that way I can maybe get it going. I try to do too many things at once. And then one, I don't really know if which of those things are helping if they are helping. That's true. We just talked about that this morning. <laughs> and, and yeah, and I'm not doing any of them 100%. So I, I definitely think email is is where I need to spend my time. I have that Amy Porterfield course too. And I'm sad to say that I only did like the first section, but now she revamped it. So I'm using that as my excuse to, you know, just start over. And well, I'm pretty sure, don't you have access to the revamped version or is that? I do. I do. Yeah. I thought it was on your calendar to start that. It is on my calendar. Once my kids go back to school. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Blame it on the kids. You know, you should have when your kids take the chorus and then have them do your emails. (laughs) Totally considered it. I told told my son that I would pay him to take the Pinterest course and like redo, you know, all of my subscriptions and everything. But he's like, (laughs) I don't know about that. But yeah. Yeah. So Nikki, what platform do most of your email opt-ins come from? Like, where do you get your opt-ins from? Instagram, Facebook, ads? Yeah, I get almost 
all of mine from Instagram. So basically, I'll just hop on stories, explain what I'm sending out that week, and kind of mention, if you want a copy of that, I'm happy to send it to you for free. Here's the link. Just swipe up. And I'm also working on adding different ones. So I just started pinning perfect now that I feel like I've got a handle on um, email lists. And so I'm going to add more to Pinterest, more to Facebook groups, Facebook, all of that, but mostly just from Instagram. And I do really well with Instagram stories compared to posts. So are there specific strategies that really you felt worked best in growing your list and ones that you tried and maybe didn't work so good? Yeah. So I found that you really have to give your audience something that they are like, wow, I can't believe she's giving this away. So something that worked really well was I did five days of freebies right before school started. And my hope was to get more people on my email list in time for the back to school sale. And that was by far the most success I've had with it. I think it grew 2,300 people in a month from that. Wrote it down somewhere. But yeah, 2,300 new subscribers just from that. But I gave away like a full product for five days. And I tried to make the ones I gave away pieces of bundles. So something they could buy in the bundle if they liked it. Yes, that's definitely key. Did you also link to the bundle when you sent the email or were you more like, okay, I was wondering if you were trying not to be salesy at all or, but that, I think that's the better strategy. Obviously you definitely want to tell them where they can get more. Yeah. You already gave them an awesome free resource. You might as well mention it that you have a bundle. Yeah. It was kind of hidden in the email where the freebie was like they had to read through. And then I would link like, this is the full bundle. And then at the end of the email, I said, this is um, the freebie from the bundle. So they were kind of forced to read through and see all that they could have if they got the whole thing. But that seemed to work really well. And then for one of them, they picked what they wanted. So I posted on Instagram and Facebook, which one would you rather have the time version of this or the measuring version? And then people chose, I think that helped get a lot of people excited because they knew they were getting actual products, not just, you know, like little quote pages or something. Yeah, that's smart. And then they've already got that buy-in because they voted. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) they're like, oh, I have to have it either way, even if they voted for the other one. That's really smart. Did you also um, see your sales increase for that, for those days that you did that promotion? Um, Sales, I felt like were kind of similar to what they had been for the rest of the month. But I think that it's helped for the actual sale, like TPT site-wide sale. because A lot of wish lists. Yeah, my site-wide sale has gone really well this year. And I had timed that, I think it was two weeks ago. So I timed it to be like right before the actual sale. Yeah, that's really smart. I think all that momentum we gain over the summer as teachers are wishlisting is really important. And one of the things we've done in the past has been a promotion similar to that where we are giving things out each day for a week. But then instead of just having it be one person, we collaborate in a group of people to get that extra reach. And that has been really cool too. That's shown like a really good return as far as sales go immediately too. I think just getting new new eyes on your stuff too. But um, yeah, getting people on your email list though, that, I mean, that's awesome for the rest of the year. You're going to, you're absolutely going to use those emails this year. 
Yeah, I hope so. That is a really good idea to work with other teachers that have like audience that you would need on your list too. I haven't done that yet. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. It's a little tricky. You definitely have to make sure it's people who have other quality lists that are similar size to yours. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you definitely want to make sure it's not people who sell competing products and it's people who you just, I guess you kind of jive with as far as your, your businesses, like, I don't know, your values. So you definitely want to make sure because you're sharing your email subscribers technically because they're signing up for other people. So it's a little bit, can be a little bit scary, um, but it's, it's worked really well. Just collaborating in general has always worked really well for us. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. So for if there's someone who's just starting the email list, like they have not even signed up for a service yet, they just are listening to this episode and they're all gung-ho about it. What is one thing they should really focus on most in the beginning with their limited time? I would say make a plan and write it down. Like how many emails are you committing to per month? Write down the exact dates that you're going to send them and then head over to a Google Doc or journal, whatever, and make an actual plan for the content. Like for example, back to school time, maybe you can have one for tips for behavior and setting up your classroom decor, things like that. Have it all exactly planned out because I think what I found was difficult when I was first starting is what do you even write about? Where do you start? And then you get discouraged and you just don't do it at all. So I think if you do those three things, like write down your exact goals and then the plan. The last step would just be to schedule a time to sit and write them. If you can batch them all together and write them all at once, I think that really helps. That's what I'm working on right now. I'm just trying to do it like once a month and then quickly edit before sending it out each week. I think that would really help. Yeah, I feel like I definitely still struggle with that too, just kind of figuring out what I'm going to say. That's just my biggest hurdle when I, when it comes to my email list, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What, I, what I'm kind of hearing about yours is that you really, you chose a specific topic, like you said, happy mail. And so it's probably my thought is once you pick a really specific like topic or theme, it's probably a lot easier because I have products all over the place. And that's where I really struggle to pick a theme because I've got you know, I've got a writing list, I've got a project list, I've got escape room list, like I've got lists for all sorts of different things and grade levels. And so just picking that one topic to focus on uh, is stressful. (laughs) Uh, I've been trying to email all the lists, separate things and segment it. And then I just stopped doing it (laughs) because it was too much work. So I think that you've really got something here. That would be. Yeah. I think really focusing on one particular topic and theme is probably a lot easier to get everything scheduled out and decide what you want to write. Mm-hmm. I probably would email, I would like run away crying if I was thinking about the fact that I had to email each part of my list something because just hard to come up with the ideas for one. And if I had to do that, I definitely wouldn't probably do it at all. Yeah. Yeah. I started making a schedule for like all five segments and I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> so I think I just need to refocus. <laughs> so, and I have somebody who is amazing who's starting to do my emails and she does my social media. So I'm going to send her this episode and we're going to pick one topic and we're going to be consistent with it. That's our plan. 
<laughs> Another thing you could do is pick a topic for the month, you know, like here's behavior strategies and then you have a month of behavior strategies. Then go on to like stopping tattling in the classroom or like something like that where you could send out multiple emails on one subject might be easier for planning. Yeah, I think I could definitely hear your primary topics. And I can just imagine your emails being like really cute and colorful and fun. Yes. (laughs) That just makes me feel like my emails are horridly boring because they're for upper elementary and I'm not that fun or interesting. (laughs) I'm sure they're good. (laughs) But that's funny because my emails are rainbow. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. See, you've definitely, you've identified your niche you are totally catering to them, not only on Instagram, but via your email list by providing them with things that, that they need. Like these are all those topics you gave me were super fantastic for the primary classroom. I just think I need to um, figure out what that is in my business instead of being all over the place. I think this is probably the same with you, Angie, right? Yeah. We'll work on it. So is there any advice you would have for someone with a more established list of what they should focus on to better utilize their list? I hear so many big sellers that have these huge lists and they're like, I don't send any emails out. So my biggest advice is to use your list. But um, I think to focus on that like 90-10 rule, like serving your audience 90% of the time and then selling 10%, I think that's what's really helpful. If you think about like what questions you get in your DMs a lot or what replies do you get back, what questions are being asked to you and you're focused on how can you serve other teachers and help them, that will help you narrow in on something that you should be focusing on in your emails. And also just like what is your area of expertise? Like did you get your master's in reading or were you really good at behavior management? those kinds of things. I think if you have an established list, that's a good way to start using it consistently, but just use it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I feel, I feel like you're kind of targeting me with that. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) No, no, no. But really I am that person. I've had my email list for so long and so many things have changed since I started and it's just gotten overwhelming. It, it used to be like this fun thing. I guess I got to email out every week. You know, I started doing that probably like five or six years ago. But yeah, oh, wow. it's just gotten to the point where there's so much going on in the business that I just have completely let it go. So I can think of some other friends too who are in that camp as well. So we need to hear that. We need to be pushed to get back into being consistent. Because I do use my email list, but a lot of times it's like, hey, I have a training going on, sign up. And then, hey, you went to my training, here's something to buy, which does work. I'm not going to lie. We do, I do make a good amount of money from my email list, Mm -hmm. but definitely I could be using it better. And, um, forgot what else I was going to say, because I was going to say something completely life-changing. No, I wasn't. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I'm I'm really excited about your growth from your email list. So I think that's, killer because we've had so many people say that they their TPT store has been struggling recently and they don't know where to focus their time. So I think, first of all, picking a focus is helpful, right? Like a lot of times we're doing everything poorly and nothing good. Um, mm-hmm. But focusing on your email list is definitely not going to be a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely paid off. And I think 
that's something that I've been working on is just picking one thing. And honestly, it's been almost a full year where I just focused on that. Granted, I was squeezing that in on top of teaching. So had I not been doing that, I could have gone through it faster. But I think it's definitely made a huge difference. And it's just one more thing to add. You know, like if you keep doing the same things over and over, you're not going to grow. Like the growth isn't going to continue to be there. So I'm definitely an email pusher to all my TPT friends. (laughs) Well, now you can send them this episode and say, look, yeah. Angie and April loved my ideas, so you need to start listening to me. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there's it always stinks to be that person who's telling your TPT friends like you should really do this and people don't listen and then yeah. it turns out to be really important. <laughs> mm-hmm. Often I'm the one not listening, so <laughs> Yeah, if only I had listened like five years ago. Oh, I wish <laughs> right. I did. <laughs> I think what you said is really key and it's not just about email, but it's just about our business in general. Find one thing, completely go all out with it, learn how to do it, make sure you're doing it consistently, track your data, which it sounds like you're really good at doing and just do that for a while, really, really well, instead of trying to do everything like that you could possibly do and not really succeeding at any of that. So I think that's really key. So tell us what's your next step as far as your email list goes. Are you just going to try to be consistent or do you have anything, any future promotions planned? Um, I don't have any future promotions. I think the five days of freebies went really, really well. And I'd like to continue doing something like that again. I plan on it. It should get a lot easier actually the next couple months because summer was tough when my focus is really like the stress of teaching. but teachers are on summer break. (laughs) It was hard to find topics. Right. (laughs) So just being consistent and I want to continue doing every Sunday and then hopefully I can keep that up for years to come. That sounds overwhelming, but definitely push more like major freebies because when I've done small ones, it doesn't really help too much. Yeah, that makes sense. I think people are, are used to that. They've, they've seen that been done for the last five years, you know, just a one pager or whatever. Um, there even, I've noticed a lot of people won't opt in for things like that anymore. They want something more um, substantial if they're going to give your email address. So I think just across the board, providing more value is really important. Yeah, definitely. And one kind of side topic, but don't get discouraged by unsubscribes. I've had, I have a group of friends that's all working on their email list and they're like, is it normal for people to unsubscribe every time you send one? And that just happens. People have apps that automatically do it or whatever. You can't really pay attention to that because they're not your people anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't even look anymore. I'm pretty sure if if nobody unsubscribed, I'd be suspicious. (laughs) Yeah. It definitely didn't send. (laughs) No, right. Definitely used to worry about that in the beginning. I, I, but I don't look at it anymore. And I just like assume it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have an app that does it for me. <laughs> Emails I don't actually want. So I think I need that app. <laughs> yeah, me too. They weren't going to read your email in the future anyway. So why would you want to pay for them? That's what I always think of it as. Exactly. Yes. So if they unsubscribe and I clean out my list, then I know my open rates are going to be up and then I'm going to feel about myself better in general. So it's okay with me. Definitely. (laughs) Peace out, people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you coming on to talk about this. Uh, where can people find more about you? On Instagram is where I'm mostly at. It's the Sprinkle Top Teacher. And um, I answer like all my DMs all the time. But otherwise, I have a blog, <laughs> the sprinkletopteacher.com. Uh, doesn't are, you using, are you using air quotes when you say yeah. I have a yes. blog, like you haven't blogged in a long time? Yes. Whatever. <laughs> it's there. Um, but otherwise, on Facebook too. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your information. I think a lot of people are going to definitely be inspired about just going and creating an email list and finally using it consistently. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I love chatting about email lists. So this is really fun. Yes. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later, guys. Bye. 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 That's it for the Grow with Angie and April podcast. Make sure to rate and review so that this podcast can continue to reach teacherpreneurs around the globe. You can find the show notes and more about your hosts at growwithuspodcast.com.